0: Welcome to the 80s and 90s Uncensored, the podcast about the 80s and 90s for people who care about that kind of crap. I am Milo Dennison, And I'm Jamie Fenderson, and today we're talking about
1: celebrity scandals.
0: Yes, and when it comes to celebrity scandals, we can think of no better expert on celebrity gossip than Genevieve of that podcast called Celebrity Catch-Up Life After That Thing I Did. Genevieve good Hey guys. Hey Genevieve. How have you been?
2: Good, thank you. Thanks for having me back. Oh, yeah, <laughs> welcome, welcome back.
0: You. Uh well, of course, as fans of your show, we are anxiously waiting for the next season to come out, which depending on when the series I think just released, correct?
2: Yes, yeah, it's just been released. I've um I kind of been on hiatus for a few months since the end of season 3. Um also, after two years of completely managing to avoid COVID, COVID caught up with me. So I was a little bit poorly. Oh. Uh, so I needed some time to recharge my batteries. But yeah, I, uh, I'm i back with season four, which has just begun. And um, as usual, I have the mix of 80s movie royalty, uh, some British TV, kids TV legends and singers you loved from way back when. Um, And my first episode, very excited, is uh, Leah Thompson, aka Marty McBly's mum from Back to the Future. Leah, be thy name! (laughs) Oh, so
0: excited about that one. That is so cool, yeah. Um, We love Leah Thompson. We love Back to the Future. We love Howard the Duck.
1: (laughs) We (laughs) We talk about
0: Howard the Duck. We
2: do, we talk about Howard the Duck. And we talk about Space Camp as well, because that was actually the first film that I saw Leah in, I think because of the The timeline, it was released on like home release in the UK first before I saw Back to the Future somehow. Well, I think my parents never took us to the cinema when I was younger, so we had to wait for home release. So we saw Space Camp first, and I remember it quite vividly because it was the first film that I'd seen. I was about six at the time. It was the first film that I'd seen that there was a female lead Mm -hmm. who saved the day. It had always been boys before then. So for me, it was like kids are being accidentally thrown into space which is cool and um and a girl saves the day as well so i like wore out the vhs watching this film, I loved it. So we talked about Space Camp, Back to the Future, and uh, and Howard the Duck, of course, because how could you not?
0: You, I, I can't wait to hear what she has to say about Howard the Duck. I <laughs> want to ask questions, but I don't want to spoil it. So you are the kind of
2: fans up? that she loves. She loves people that love Howard the Duck.
0: Oh, that's yeah, amazing.
1: she loves us, dude. She'll be like, "What, Jamie? You have made a whole podcast about how you love Howard the
0: Duck." I'm totally coming to Esquim. We're going to have a wine bar date, right? on And Back to the Future. We should do a Space Camp one. Uh, I haven't Let's seen that do since, it. Uh, since I was a kid. And that that film was great because I'm sure every child who watched it wanted to be an astronaut after that. And, oh, and totally. was, I, I want to go to space. Me too. Yeah. Probably yeah. a lot of
1: girls wanted to be astronauts too because they're like, "Wow, Leah Thompson was so smart and she saved all those kids and they were yeah. out in space."
2: And Kelly Preston was very glamorous as well for a for yeah. a teen. And you know, she made uh, Morse code very cool
0: yeah that's right <laughs> the universal in in all movies they somehow know morse code no matter what there's year always it is. that one nerdy kid who knows 400 morse years code. in the future yeah <laughs> star trek and like oh that's morse code they're saying this yeah like you talk to any person on the actual planet now and they're like i don't know morse code like just <laughs> like 10 people what's on the planet morse that code. Know morse code.
1: <laughs> that's awesome there's one more thing i want to congratulate genevieve Bond. so uh you had that Virgin Atlantic deal go down recently. I think. Oh right? yes, remember that? Congratulations! Congratulations! Yeah. On that.
2: So I think when I spoke to you last, it was kind of like it had been in the works for a very long time, <laughs> and then it yeah. eventually I was able to announce it. Finally, I had I wasn't I didn't have to keep it a secret forever. And um, so yeah, you can hear celebrity catch up on um, on flights now. it's the it's on every Virgin Atlantic plane flying around the world, which is very exciting yeah Um, and they uh, recently just extended the deal as well so I'm on planes throughout the end of the year I just wish I was actually flying somewhere to listen to it so at the moment I'm just reliant on people taking pictures of it on board and sending it to me going I'm listening to your podcast Um, which is lovely I love the people that are listening to it Uh, but yes if you're taking a flight have a listen enjoy nostalgia at 30,000 feet.
0: You could watch the movies or you can listen to a podcast and hear about one of the people that's in the movie that you're watching.
2: Exactly. It's the perfect place for nostalgia.
0: It's nice with Virgin Atlantic, too, because they're a nice airline. I've flown them uh, over to the States from the UK, and uh, they're a decent airline. Yeah,
2: I thought we'd be great. So I was over the meme when they agreed. <laughs> like, yes, we'll take you. And also because I'm an indie podcast as well, and normally it would be... The big boys, the, big guys, the mega yeah. bucks, that get to do it. So I'm, I'm really chuffed that they, they took a chance on me as a, a solo indie podcaster to um, be on the plane and the only podcast on board as well.
0: Yeah, really. You're the only podcast. They don't have any others. Oh my god. Well, goodness. the only indie one, right?
2: The only one. The only don't one. Stop. Period. <laughs> yeah. That's-
0: That's great. Wow. Congratulations. That's amazing. Well, I hope it works out and I hope they continue to extend your stay on the airline.
2: Me too. And I hope I actually get to fly somewhere and
0: listen to it. (laughs) You got to plan a trip now. Okay. Well, let's get to the subject at hand, which is celebrity scandals. We all love a good celebrity scandal or some of us do anyways. And so what we have is each... Brought a celebrity scandal that happened during the 80s or 90s. And we're gonna have a bit of a history lesson on it. So, Jamie Fenderson, would you like to go first with your celebrity scandal? Yeah, so I'm gonna talk
1: about the Paul Rubin's indecency scandal. Yeah. You all remember dun, that, dun. right? <laughs> dun dun dun. <laughs> yeah. So uh, just a little background. Rubens, he 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 played Pee-wee Herman and a little interesting his- history, he actually auditioned for SNL back in the day. And guess who he lost out to? Gilbert Gottfried, huh? who hated it. So Rubens was pissed. And so he made he he actually funded his own show. He borrowed money um, to do this uh, show at the Roxy Theater about this comedian who wasn't good, but he was f- funny because he wasn't good. And that character was Pee Wee Herman. And there was a lot of tongue-in-cheek kind of innuendos, but it was just this really funny show. And it, it 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 just blew up. And so Pee-wee Herman blew up, and and he got his own movie, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. He got his own kids' TV show, Pee-wee's Playhouse, which um was 325 grand each episode. Um, so that's like and no CBS interference or anything. So he was huge, but then in 1999, he was arrested in Sarasota, Florida for clepping his pony in a, in a, in a, uh, like a porn theater. I've um, never
2: heard that expression. Clepping his that
1: pony. Yeah. yeah. It's from our, it's from our, uh, My Little Pony episode, Milo. <laughs> so there was a police inspection. and they, I guess they caught him kind of like doing the deed, um, you know, making him like just pleasing himself. And, but he. It's funny because he told the cops, I'm Pee Wee Herman, and he actually offered the cops to do a benefit for the sheriff's office if this goes away. But they were like, nah, dude, you can't. This is the law, man. So later, the Sarasota Herald Tribune found out about it, and then they made the same offer like, hey, newspaper will do some kind of benefit with Pee Wee Herman if you just don't print this story. They're like, nah, this is too juicy. So they printed the story, right? And, And it was a huge scandal. Like, because at that time, he didn't separate himself from his character. So you didn't think it was some guy, Paul Rubens, kind of some weird guy, just spanking the monkey. You thought you, you, in your head, you were thinking Pee Wee Herman was spanking his monkey in a the theater. And he had a kid's show. So everybody was kind of all up in arms. It, it, uh, toys R Us canceled his toys. Um, a lot of people say they canceled his, his uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse. But that was already being retired by Paul because he was kind of done with it anyway. But yeah, he was ordered to do seventy-five hours of public service, uh, and that's why he did those stupid PSA, <laughs> those drugs. Oh, don't do drugs! <laughs> and those were self-finances <laughs> part of his like his indecency like
0: thing that he, he was part of. So it's like not don't do drugs. You should be like don't take your wiener out in public. Yeah, do <laughs> it. Like <laughs> you <laughs> think that would be his PSA?
1: <laughs> yeah, you would think so because that's the thing he was doing. But whatever. But like a lot of celebs, including Cyndi Lauper, Annette Funicello and Zsa Zsa Gabor and Bill Cosby uh, came out in defense. And also a lot of fans were were writing and picketing, actually picketing in CBS offices for not playing the Playhouse reruns. And A Current Affair did like some kind of call poll and nine to one with tens of thousands of calls were in support of of Pee Wee or Paul Rubens, as I should say. So actually the public was kind of on his side they're like look the guy was kind of spanking his monkey but you're just blowing it all out of proportion right so so that was kind of the big uh the big peewee herman thing he he did that year he did the tv vmas and he's famous for uh saying hear any good jokes lately and everybody was just kind of cracking up because this is after his uh, thing so yeah he he, he kind of went kind of dark for a while and did more like as Paul Rubens stuff like on Buffy, the Vampire Slayer, Batman Returns, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, Mystery Men. Uh, but then he had his kind of big break and blow as that flamboyant hairdresser. So he was a lot of doing a lot of Paul Rubens stuff, but he came back in 2009 as Pee Wee and even got his own Netflix movie. So that's pretty cool. He made, he made a pretty good comeback. That's the Paul Rubens... Indecency scandal of 1991. So, if if
0: he was on your show, Genevieve, would that be the the af- thing after you did after you <laughs> spanked your monkey in public? Would that be the the key turning point in the in the questionnaire? <laughs>
2: Normally, it's supposed to be the, the much-loved thing they did. Usually, that kick-started their career. But I'm sure I can make an exception.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, he did
1: muchly. He made Pee-wee Herman, who's much loved. I love Pee-wee Herman. I love this show. I love the movies. I love Pee-wee Herman. I think he's a great character, and I think Paul Rubens is kind of weird, but he's he's talented and he's interesting. And he and he he did his, his whole persona was Pee-wee, and he even showed up as Pee-wee, so people knew him as Pee-wee Herman. So, when they heard this, they couldn't separate Paul Rubens from Pee Wee Herman. So, they're just looking in their heads, they're seeing Pee Wee Herman on the kids' show wank- wanking off in a, in a porn theater. They're like, well, well turns out Paul Rubens isn't Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> He's just
0: a guy, and he got God spanking his monkey in a porn theater. And that was it, right? All right. Well, Genevieve, what celebrity sex scandal, or sorry, you didn't bring a celebrity it does sex scandal. <laughs> sorry. So Now we see what's on your mind, bro. Yeah, sorry. Uh, That's Genevieve. Hugh Grant.
2: He's the celebrity sex scandal I bring. <laughs> oh, the celebrity scandal I'm bringing to the table is the um, the scandal that rocked the music world in the late 80s. And early nineties, so I guess by the time they got caught, was Millie Vanilli. And they're uh, they're famous. <laughs> well, like in three amigos, so famous, they're infamous, uh, for not actually singing on any of their songs. Um they were, of course, the German-French duo, uh, best known for hits like Girl You Know It's True. I'm presuming you guys are familiar with this song. Oh, yeah.
0: Girl You but, Know It's, no, it's True. true.
2: Well,
0: ooh,
2: ooh, ooh, I love you. That's the one. Oh, yeah, we know that. <laughs> <laughs> so the story goes, uh, the two guys that were in the band, Fab and Rob, were given a record contract by producer Frank Farrion, uh, who played them a demo of Girl You Know It's True and said, can you sing on this? And they were like, yeah, we can sing on it. and they sang had a go at it and frank was like yeah you know what we've already booked some gigs from next week um and we've got to get this going so don't worry (laughs) just go on the tour and uh we'll just record with somebody else just so that you know we can get going with the tour dates next week and just limp lip lip sync it and he got some session singers to record it instead. So the guys went out and they did promo for the tour, lip syncing. And the song became massive. And as the train was already running, Frank just recorded the rest of the album with these session singers and the guys went along with it. So the album was released and it was a massive hit. I mean, in the US, it went six times platinum, spent seven weeks at number one, almost a year in the top 10 of the Billboard 200 and produced top five top five singles. And three of them were number one. So unsurprisingly, they won Best New Artist at the Grammys in 1990. And it was all going swimmingly until one of the original session singers came out and revealed he actually sang on the album. And then it all hell broke loose. And in the end, Frank admitted that Rob and Fab didn't actually sing on the album and he fired them. Uh, So Millie Vanilli was no more. Uh, And then the Grammy Academy revoked their award and Rob and Fab gave it back. But the outrage that it caused... I mean, there were lawsuits from people who were claiming consumer fraud, wanting their money back for albums that they bought, concerts they went to. It was crazy. But, I mean, you know, it's just lip syncing. Artists do it all the time, You know, depending on the event. Like Brittany, if it's an event where she's got to sing and dance at the same time, she's going to mime so you don't hear how exhausted she is while she's singing and out of breath. Otherwise, she'd be going like, oh, hit me, baby, one more time. <laughs> she's oh, dancing God. around, you know she <laughs> With a snake around her neck. Um, and then, hot on the heels of Millie Vanilli, New Kids on the Block then got caught up in the hysteria. And then they were accused of lip syncing. Uh, and in the end, they admitted that they sang with a backing track during some of their live performances, which kind of it didn't help the downward spiral that New Kids on the Block were were falling into at that point. But um, grunge was coming up. So it was probably their time to disappear anyway. But um, I mean, I don't think it would be a big deal if it happened today. Like, I don't think people were outraged to discover Rebecca Ferguson wasn't actually singing in The Greatest Showman and that she was lip syncing to somebody else singing that song and you know and then when the audience find out they're just kind of like oh she she didn't sing okay oh,
1: eh. yeah but, um
2: i mean it wasn't i don't think it was completely unsurprising though because before millie vanilli producer Frank put together Boney M. And I don't know if they were like big in the States or not, but they were massive in Europe. You know, they had this song that went, Ra rah, Rasputin, Russia's yeah, This yeah. love machine. It's and the, um, the
1: dancing and all the weirdness. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Um, They were made up of four members, three women and one guy who all sang in inverted commas on the songs. But Bobby Farrell, who was an exotic dancer by trade, lip synced all his vocals. And Frank actually sang on the records. And then it later turned out that Maisie, one of the other female singers, she was lip syncing too, because Frank said she didn't have the right voice, which is kind of like having a a face for radio. (laughs) She didn't have the right voice for singing either. Um, So, (laughs) you know, not not totally unsurprising, but um, Rob and Fab attempted a comeback in 97 and Rob agreed to record a new album with them actually singing um, and they did sing on it but Rob sadly died the night before the album's promo tour from an accidental alcohol and prescription drug overdose so sadly he never got to see the album released Um, but Fab tried to have he tried a solo career afterwards he recorded an album released it but it didn't kind of really go anywhere but say so it was a sad end for Millie Vanilli.
1: Yeah. I think the big deal wasn't that they were lip-syncing though as much as they weren't lip-syncing their own voice. Like I think it was pretty common probably still common today that you you're on a concert and you go up and you're cuz you're like dancing around like you said with a snake on your neck mm. and you're you're lip-syncing your own voice but they were lip-syncing like some other people's voice completely cuz they were just some beautiful guys and they were dancers. They were by trade, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and they're so the producer's like, well, they really look good, but they can't sing as well as these guys. So we're going to, like, pretend they're singing that. That's I think that's what the whole hoopla was about, was they weren't lip-syncing their own stuff. They were lip-syncing other yeah. people's voices.
2: Yeah, but, you know, people were bought into the image of Millie Vanilli, right? The reason Uh why Millie Vanilli were successful is because of those two guys looked like they did and they danced and, okay, it wasn't their (laughs) voice, but they totally bought into them as a package and, you know, they were entertained. I wouldn't be thinking, like, I want to get my money back for that concert because they were probably entertained at the concert that they went to, even if they weren't, you know, lip-syncing to their own voices. I know there's a bit of a hoo-ha at the moment around j-lo and ashanti and how for like for years it had been rumored that j-lo was lip-syncing to ashanti on a lot of j-lo's songs because ashanti wrote them um with ja rule and uh she did all the reference tracks for j-lo and then it just turned out that they used the reference tracks and j-lo kind of sings over them and recently it was I don't want to say announced. It was confirmed that Ashanti actually, she's finally been given credit for those songs. And she said that she was happy for it. So it's kind of like a big thing for a while. But JLo's not actually singing really on her songs. But
0: Scandalous. you are the right person when it comes to celebrity scandals.
2: Because
0: <laughs> I didn't know any of that.
2: <laughs> You're getting you get an education today.
0: Yeah, totally. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. All right, Milo. So you you got a celebrity scandal you're going to talk about, right? Yes, and for my celebrity scandal, there is sex involved.
2: <laughs> sexy time.
0: Yeah, I feel like
2: I disappointed you by not bringing sex <laughs> to the table today. Oh no. no.
1: <laughs> well, my mine was monosexual, but it still was kind of sex, sexy time,
0: but just only involved like the one person, Rosie Palmer, Fast <laughs> Sister. Well, mine, we all, of course, know about the celebrity sex tape. That's kind of a big thing. Now, a lot of celebrities do it on purpose. And at the time, a lot of people thought these celebrities did it on purpose, but they, in fact, did not. And that, of course, is the Pamela Anderson, Tommy Lee sex tape that was released or stolen and released. So I'm sure most everybody knows about this, especially because they just had the TV series, the Pam and Tommy series Uh, in 1994. Pamela Anderson met Tommy Lee at a New Year's Eve party. They got married a couple months later and they took a vacation to Lake Mead. And uh, on that vacation, they took their little camera recorder with them. And like people sometimes do when they're young and in love, they videotaped roughly eight minutes of sex.
2: And is that, is that it, quick or, or long?
0: And well, it depends eight on who minutes? you're talking to.
1: <laughs> was it beginning to end or was it just eight minutes in between?
0: Don't know. Don't know.
1: Mid through. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. We Probably need to know this, man. <laughs> baby
0: details. <laughs> I haven't seen it, so I don't know. I can't answer that question. then how could you talk about it? Well it. I researched it, and okay. eight minutes is is the time on the tape. So anyway, so they they moved in together. They started a renovation on their house. They put the tape in a safe where they thought it would be safe. <laughs> they put a safe in the safe. Get it?
1: Is that where you thought put stuff? You
0: think you want to keep it safe? You put it in a safe? Yeah. <laughs> so um, what happened was is they were in the process of doing a remodel. They went through a lot of contractors in the process because Tommy Lee was basically a jackass. And apparently, Pamela was kind of a pain, too. And they hired a guy named Rand Gunther, who did some work for them and got fired. But the thing is, when Tommy fired him, he still owed Rand roughly $20,000 for the work. And Rand had left all of his tools on the site. And so he went back one day, tried to get his tools from Tommy and get his money. And Tommy basically chased him off with a gun. So at that, he's like, well, screw you, Tommy Lee. I know where your safe is. I'm going to steal it. What he did is he got a rug that looked similar to the dog that Pam and Tommy had and was going to use that to sneak past the cameras, get into where the safe was held and wheel the safe out on a dolly, which he did. He cracked open the safe. In the safe, he found some things like Rolex watches, some jewelry photos, but most importantly, the Pam and Tommy sex tape. So he takes that to his buddy, Milton Ingley, who worked in the porn industry, who Rand knew from the porn industry because Rand also had worked in porn in the past. This is the early days of the internet, right? So only roughly 25 million people had access to the internet at the time. In the U S and so not a huge number. And if you recall, this was dial up, it was slow. So they couldn't actually put the video online. So they sell it online. Uh, People actually had to like write in checks or money orders when the money order would get cast. Then they would get the tape in a VHS mailed to them like weeks (laughs) later. So Not quite the instant gratification that you get out of porn on the internet nowadays. So they sold the tapes. Speaking
2: with experience.
0: (laughs) 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 Still never seen the Pam and Tommy one. Um, So, but they did sell it and they sold quite a few copies of it. Uh, What happened, however, was, of course, it's VHS. So you get a copy of a VHS tape, you can copy it onto another VHS tape and then start selling your own copy of it. So that's pretty much how that got out there. Penthouse gets a copy of it and they decide they're going to put some of the pictures on the magazine. And then finally, not till like March of 1996, roughly January, March timeframe, Pam and Tommy figured out what's going on because they didn't really use the internet all that much then either. They file a lawsuit against Penthouse and it in turns basically draws more attention to the tape. So now more people are talking about it and it's on all these less celebrity gossip shows. And what happened was, is the judge actually ruled against them in the suit. Uh, is the judge said, "Well, Pamela Anderson, you've posted Playhouse like 16 times. You, you guys are so public about your sex life, you pretty much forfeit the rights to privacy. Wow. Yeah, so t- Tommy didn't really hurt him, right? It just reinforces his rocker lifestyle, but Pamela Anderson, she was basically shamed uh, for, you know, having sex with her husband is more or less what it was.
2: The woman always gets her raw deal.
0: It, yeah, yeah you do really feel so. bad for her in this scenario as well, because, you know, there's some assumptions that maybe she lost out on some parts, acting parts and stuff like that mm-hmm. as well because of this. Uh, I don't know if that really happened. I mean, I, I love Pam Anderson, but she, I, I watched Barbed Wire. I remember I watched, <laughs> like, I don't remember ever really seeing anything in her whether I was like, "Girls got talent.
1: Get her on the big screen.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, maybe she does and maybe we just didn't see it, right? Anyway, this guy, Seth Warshowski, uh owns a internet budding internet startup uh, called Entertainer Internet Entertainment Group. And on it, he has an internet site called Club Love, which is based out of Seattle or was based out of Seattle, or Hood Represent. In 1997, he announces, I'm going to air the Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee sex tape. Um, he just assumed that they'd sue him and stop him from doing it, right? But he wanted the publicity. But what happened was he won the lawsuit. And so he aired the tape for like five hours straight, just in a loop on November 7th of 1997. And in the process of the lawsuit and all that, basically Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee signed over rights to the tape, right? They're kind of done with it. And the interpretation was that they sold over The rights to the video online not necessarily tapes well he of course prints tapes and sells them legally now you can buy them in porn stock porn shops makes like 77 million dollars off of it and of course pam and tommy don't get any money right so pam and tommy split up we all know that story and and blah 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 they eventually sue seth again and this time they actually win but they actually sued him for distributing copies of the tape going against the initial agreement. And they're basically saying, hey, we need, we deserve some of that money, right? So they sued him for $90 million. They had won the lawsuit. They won $750,000 each. That's how much they were actually awarded. They didn't get any of it because Seth moved to Thailand and is like hiding out in (laughs) Thailand ever since. Um, Rand is still an electrician. He was an electrician at the time and also says he didn't get any money from the deal. Things have changed a little bit since then. And companies are a little less likely to do this, not because of Pam and Tommy, but because actually Hulk Hogan. So interesting side story is um, Gawker Media got hold of Hulk Hogan's sex tape and they were going to release it and he sued them. And won 140 million dollars in damages and forced them out of business. And so wow. ever since Hulk Hogan's suit, they've actually kind of reined in the release of celebrity sex tapes against their permission. If they okay it, then it's fine. Like we had the um, you know Paris Hilton one and whatever, and she's like, I didn't er- admit agree to that, but she really did, kind of a thing, uh, <laughs> and a few others as well. So there you go. Wow, it's like a porn heist. It's like a heist thing where he like actually goes and
1: gets the safe I didn't I didn't realize like it would it was like uh, what what Thomas Thomas Fair, Crown affair Thomas mm-hmm. Crown affair kind of stuff where you actually
0: gotta heist the the porn tape
1: and it's and impressive then the moms that he like
0: got in this dog costume snuck in front of the costumes in the do- dog costume wheeled yeah. the safe out on a on a hand cart. It's not Thomas Crown Affair cuz that's way too sophisticated and
1: cool. This is more like Pee-wee Herman kind of stuff mm-hmm. where you're in a dog costume still in the safe and it's got the sex tape what a what a what a what a goofy scandal!
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what you get for posing in Playboy, ladies. If you pose in Playboy yeah. and somebody steals your sex tape, yeah, that's your own fault. That's what
1: you get for being a rock star. Yeah, if you
0: play jazz, man, it might be a different thing. But you're a rock star, so. Well, and the thing is, like Tommy didn't really hurt him, but you do feel bad for Pamela Anderson. So there was a lot of stress put on on her and stuff, and just like the slut shaming of it you videoed yourself with your husband having sex, right? Like, and then you put it millions in people do that and you put it in a safe. Yeah. And just because
1: of what you, well, don't be an asshole to contractors too. That's another lesson.
0: Well, like, and that's, that's another reason right? why you don't feel bad for Tommy. Exactly. Cause it's like, dude, if you weren't an asshole to your contractor and just paid him the money that you owed him, he wouldn't have came back and stole your safe. You jackass. Yeah.
1: Well, that's pretty ballsy though. To dress up like a dog and steal Tommy Lee's
0: safe. <laughs> all right. Well, should we wrap it up here, kids? What are we out of here like? Well, first of all, let's say you can catch Genevieve on the new season of Celebrity Catch-Up Life after that thing I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can do it. We love the show. And uh, of course, we highly recommend it. If you're taking in a flight on Virgin Atlantic, you can also listen to it there. Yep. Jamie and myself, well, we're here every week on the 80s and 90s Uncensored. You can follow us on Twitter at the '80s and 90scom or just view us on the web somewhere at the80sand90s.com. And with that, we are out of here like poor little Millie and Vanilli, award-winning at one minute, shunned to the edge of society the next. Goodbye.